This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Hi, LSPod fans, it's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin' or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off can be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Rogers is streaking ahead and he's onside. Beautiful play! That is that! What a shot! Post for Shearer, goal! McLaughlin has it, oh, deflection, and it's a goal! Comes to Mitchell, it's another goal! Incredible hobble! Over 60 days since our last loss in League 2 and it's finally here, a 2-1 loss against Northampton. But it wasn't all bad, was it? I don't know. But here to discuss is Dan. Hello, Dan. Evening, Mitch. Hello, everyone. It always seems to happen. We get a run, we have great news in the week and everyone was feeling really, really great. And then a back-to-earth loss. But like <laughs> I said at the intro, not the end of the world. No, I think you've said that quite nicely there. The, the phrase I was going to use is almost like a little bit of a reality check kind of game um, up against you know, not pretty opposition, but pretty effective opposition in Northampton. Um, done a lot of winning this season. You can look around the pitch, even with the players missing. Um, and for that reason, maybe, you know, without Hoskins and a couple of others and Koiki off at half time, maybe it is a real opportunity miss for Swindon to lay down a marker. But yeah, Northampton out affected us and um probably I mean would one one have been fair but I don't think as a Swindon fan you could grumble too much at two one and we'll come on to a few reasons why later on Swindon getting a bit lucky with a penalty in the first half certainly. But uh yeah yeah, no 
let's hope we look back on this one three or four months time when we are flying and and say maybe that was just a little little bump in the road Indeed. Uh, so in the town lineup for this game was Bryn in goal. At the back, we had Hutton, Blake Tracy, Clayton and MacDonald. Reed returning to his normal position in place of the suspended Khan. Then we had Darcy and Gladwin just ahead. Williams awakening on the wings and Luke Jeffcott up front. Later, we would see Ellis Iandolo, Tyree Shade and Kieran Brennan, which we'll discuss a little bit later. There was a little smatter of giddy excitement when we learned that the goal scorer for Northampton was out as were two other players but those were very much fringe players Max Deich being one of them and Josh Appiah but the fact that we didn't have Sam Hoskins was seen as a big positive the way the first half played it did look like Northampton were missing that ingredient yeah well I think Looking at the early throws of the match, quite a lot of Northampton's good moments were sort of self-inflicted pain by Swindon, really. Um, giving the way a ball, uh, giving away the ball in possession, uh, allowing Northampton to to attack. Um, certainly, uh, one occasion from Gladwin very early in the match, which um, sadly for him was a bit of a, a tone setter for the day. What are you talking about? He got man of the match. <laughs> wow. Uh, not Dan Hunt's man of the match. Gladys has been very, very good this season. He's picked up what is it, the free podcast man of the matches so far. But um, yeah, this wasn't this wasn't a good Gladwin day, unfortunately. But um, everyone's allowed a bad day. Yeah, it's a bit frustrating, really, because I think people were starting to relax their mood over Ben Gladwin. And like you said, it was the last three games he he got our man of the match. Uh, the last two included the fans or the listeners. And I think we've given four to him this season. And he's he's looked really, really good. But <laughs> from the very off for Mr. Gladwin, yeah, it was going to be one of those days. Yeah, and unfortunately, it, as as the match played out in that sort of frustration, frustrating pattern, um, yeah, it was a bit of a tone setter. Um, there was another occasion early in the second half where Swindon were in a really good attacking position. Gladwin had an easy ball out wide right to Hutton, chose to come back inside and that led to a a tackle and a Northampton counter-attack. I think that was the one where Bryn just got to the ball ahead of Hilton um, as he was played through. So, yeah, not not Gladwin's finest day, but no need to overreact on that one. Everyone's allowed a bad game. And certainly looking around the pitch, I, I think it's probably the, the worst game I've seen Hutton have, sadly. Um Romeo, Romeo, wherefore art thou crossing ability? Because um, he was in quite a few good advanced positions there. Never never got across right. Lots of hitting the first man, lots of hitting them too far. So, yeah, just all around the pitch, lots of fives out of ten, a few sixes out of tens. It was, yeah, as we come on to later, I, think, I don't think it's an easy game to pick a man of the match today um, for the wrong reasons. Yeah. Final word on Gladwin. It was quite amusing. Now you'll say it was the uh, the 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 sound issues in the Don Rogers stand, <laughs> and I, I I'm not so sure. When when the man of the match was announced, um, it was like, and the Swindon Town man of the match number seven. <laughs> and then there was this wonderful pause, and then I could hear mumbling. And by that point, people were going, huh, you know, and all that <laughs> sort of yeah. stuff. But um, very funny. Yeah, um, one of those odd quirks about lower league football. 
Um, the man of the match is whoever the sponsors would like to meet after the match. Um, credit to Gladys. He's he pulls a crowd nowadays. <laughs> who who gets your man of the match regardless? You're sponsoring and the games are drab nil-nil. No one's played well. Or we've got tonked and no one's played well. And you want to meet someone. Who are you meeting and why? Well, it was always McCurdy, right? Um, the rock star. Nowadays, it's probably Johnny Williams. Shiny head, funny beard, Welsh international. Get him in. Go and have a few corporate beers. And also, seems very nice. Oh, yeah. I spoke to Johnny Williams at a sponsors event last year. And it's just extremely softly spoken. Like, quiet as a mouse. Which, you know, he is quite a niggly player on the pitch. Um, so, yeah. It goes to show. Bit of white line fever. Changes players after they uh, enter the playing area. Well, we'll talk more about Johnny Williams later on. But... We're all here for your notes, Dan. Talk me through them. Yeah, well, we've already touched on the the Gladders giveaway in the first couple of minutes. That led to a corner. Um, that corner came to nothing, but one of the the early set pieces from Northampton, there was a corner flicked on. It was just out of reach of the man on Russian at the back post, which a bit of a warning shot for later. We knew, obviously, Northampton were... A team of set-piece specialists, I think, was it before the Swindon game, 13 of 22 goals had come from set-pieces and probably the rest from Sam Hoskins. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it didn't take a, a rocket scientist to guess, you know, that was going to be a big threat all afternoon. Um, a big thorn on our side throughout the match was, uh, is it Ethan Pinnock? Mitch Pinnock, who actually let us off the hook um, to 15 minutes in, a cut back for the right, he on rushing to the ball sort of took a really poor first touch. But um if he'd have got that touch right, that might have been one nil Northampton there and then. But later on, sadly, he would uh he would get that touch right to Swindon's cost. Um but yeah, probably the biggest thing to talk about in that whole first half hour really. Oh yes. Um shortly afterwards, Clayton and Swindon, um Dozy at the back, not looking after the ball whilst trying to knock it around. Um, and what followed with Clayton out of position and the French-Scottish striker Apire, is it? Is that sound pronunciation? But, but yeah, long hair, big handful. Um, in that first half, he was, you know, holding the ball up and being a real nuisance in a way that Jeff Cott wasn't at the other end of the pitch. Um, I mean... We'll talk about this in later parts about recruitment, but yeah, that that's probably the op- the option we don't have in the squad. Um, it's just that little bit of muscle up through the middle. But anyway, Clayton, for whatever reason, brain fade, put two hands in the back of Apire, who went down just as he was about to pull the trigger with Bryn rushing out. Um, I certainly thought it was a penalty watching it live. I had that horrible sinking feeling. You look straight to the ref, um, and luckily for us, um, I don't know what the ref saw, but he, he didn't see it as a penalty. What did you think, Rich? Well, I thought it was a penalty, but I was miles away. Uh, Mr. Young, the the referee, I thought he did us a few favours, not mm. like as dramatic as uh, the penalty, but I think generally in the first half, things were going our way, and you could see Northampton fans were cottoning on to that. As you'll hear in the listeners' contributions, it was a disjointed uh, refereeing performance but not the worst I've seen and that's probably because he, he did us some favours yeah um 
Paul Bowden post match as I was driving home sort of summed it up that for the first half hour he seemed to let everything go. Um and that seemed to be majority to Swindon's benefit. Um and in that last half uh sorry, last hour of the match became really quite sort of pernickety. Um and again, won't do spoilers for later, but the um the decision to book Blake Tracy later in the match um, in the foul that led to the the first goal did seem particularly odd. Um, we also seem to have radioed uh, a message to the benches that Reedy was very close to talking himself into a second yellow. Which is that a is that a footballing first? I mean, it may have happened before, but is this the first time we've had a a manager acknowledge it <laughs> post match that you should bring this player off? And um, yeah, ultimately tactically that that was. Maybe a big reason why why we did go on to lose in the second half. Yeah, I, I feel like we're moving to the second half because there really wasn't much. Well, I, I've got a couple of bits for you. I've got a couple of bits for you towards the end of the half. A couple of good moments for Swindon. One born out of Jake Wakelin's sort of utter persistence. Um, popped up in the middle of the pitch. Went on a mazy slalom run. Um, just kept going, kept going, and ended up having a a good little toe poke. Blocked out, I think, by the keeper's body, maybe by a defender's leg. Um, and yeah, it just sort of seemed to open up for him and it just couldn't quite get it under or over the keeper. Uh, and, pro- well, the most guilt-edged chance for Swindon came three minutes before half-time. Some good pressing, actually. Gladwin putting a, a good shift in. Jeffcott, too, um, led to a little one-two with Darcy. Um, back to Gladys on the right wing. He put it across and Darcy... I think if he's a centre-forward, scores that. Um, he just didn't even touch the ball, I don't think, from six yards out, <laughs> near post, and probably a bit like Jake Wakelin's finish at Doncaster. That's that's the sort of touch it needed just to guide it to the back post. But, um, yeah, that was certainly the best of Swindon. Um, and in terms of any other things to report, you had, obviously had the clash of heads between Johnny Williams and Ali Koike, the, the former Swindon only, um, who, you know, Koike has gone on to be quite an impressive left back, come left wing back. Can we not acknowledge that Wakeling versus Koike was probably the best thing about the first half? Yeah. Um, tactically, I think from a Swindon point of view, you wanted Wakeling to try and keep Koike pinned in. And, you know, from a Northampton point of view, you wanted Koike doing some damage at the other end of the pitch to try and keep Wakeling sort of more in a midfield position than a, a right wing position. So yeah, as League Two battles go, that was um that was good fair. And of course Wakelin yeah. now under contract until twenty twenty six. Which we must celebrate. Yeah. Twenty twenty six is still what that's about thirty years, isn't it? Twenty twenty six. I was thinking earlier I, I oh no, my fixed rate runs out in twenty twenty six. God knows what that's <laughs> gonna be, but I hope Jacob Wakelin's still here. That'll make me happy. Yeah. yeah. That would be quite something if he is. Um, <laughs> Alice Iandolo certainly will be. Yeah, the testimonial year is 2025, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think of other stuff in the in the first half. And, and the only thing I think of is uh, the Northampton manager, furious yeah. all the time. Well, he got himself booking, didn't he? Um, yeah, and a couple of talking tos. Yeah, because once he was booked, I was very surprised the second half talking to didn't lead to him getting a second yellow and a nice comfy leather seat in the uh, Arkles hospitality. But... There we go. The curiosities of refereeing. Yeah. 
Yeah, um, and the and the final point I think is on the the Scots French number nine to yeah. Apiel, however you, I, I, I he he is like so many centre forwards I've seen so far this season, loads of endeavour, and I and I'm sat there, and I cannot figure out whether he's really really good or Sunday League standard. Not <laughs> he just looked, he just oozed Sunday League no. sort of player, not in not in ability, but in no. just the look, you know, the long hair. Yeah. Um, but on a more serious point, he came off and Ben Fox was very useful uh, and then obviously got the goal. Yeah. Um, but I think he did what Apier was doing in the first half to it. Well, he was doing a better job at it. Yeah, well, I think best description for Apier, assuming that is how we pronounce his name, was handful, I suppose. And yeah. that doesn't always mean as an adjective that you're particularly good at football, but more you're just a bit of a pest. Um, and yeah, compared to Jeff Cott, who the 77 minutes he was on the pitch made yeah, very exactly. little impact. And the flip side of that is, I suppose you could argue, he got very little service too. So um, against a couple of very big you know, battle-hardened centre-halves. Um, yeah, didn't get a lot of change, Jeff Cott. Most of Swindon's threat came down each flank. Um, the other thing we must say about the first half, uh, I can't believe I've neglected to say it, but um, when I went down the front at half-time with the little lad just to have a look at the subs warming up and have a chat to a few people, it was very, very windy. And yeah. Just, like Some of the play wasn't helped by the fact you had an almighty gust blowing from Town End to Stratton Bank. Um, Should so, we have done more with that then? Uh, problem is, Swindon going to pass it on the floor regardless, which is actually, mm-hmm. in a windy day, that's that's quite a good way to go, generally. Um I think probably what you saw is second half, Northampton made more use of it with the quality from set pieces. Um, some of the long balls up to Hilton, who, despite his ongoing years, is still a real handful. And like you say, Fox was another sub who, you know, was a, a difference maker uh, from the bench for uh, for Northampton. So, yeah, I mean, their squad looks in good nick. you got to say they were missing three. You had Coy could go off. They were able to bring Hilton and Fox off the bench. So, I think from the outside looking in, as much as I don't like long ball physical football, they are very effective and I'd much rather them than Steve Evans's Stevenage. So, yeah, good luck to Northampton. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I'm, I'm loathed to criticise a player who came out a victor this weekend. Yeah, yeah. But uh, Appiah, did, did, I did watch him and, like I said, very, very busy. Um, but I think my Sunday league comment was purely his appearance. It just looked pure yeah. rubbish kit. I've got to say that <laughs> it wasn't for me. And the, mostly because the shorts didn't match the shirt. Um, it was a, like a black shorts with the blue chocolate brown uh, sort of. Yeah, yeah it, it, it looked a bit scruffy. Um, this is all I've got Northampton fans <laughs> who are listening for the because you, you did your job very, very well. So I'm going to I'm going to say one of your players had the appearance of a non-league footballer and I'm also going to say your kit's rubbish <laughs> other than that good luck yes <laughs> well done on the three points I hope it makes you happy yeah yeah, yeah. 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 take the three points <laughs> no no I've, I've got absolutely no problem with Northampton and there, there was yeah. watching away ends way ends are so much more fun than home ends aren't they ah oh, they always are it's just like they always are it's, it's yeah it's like time. a distilled version of your fan base and just by nature of being the hardcore, it's, it's always more fun and it's squashed in together. 
you against the world away from home. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Okay, the second half then. So it all changes. Now, I I am going to say something that I say a million times over when we do this pod, but this game felt like it was just drifting towards just a nil-nil. Yeah. Neither team were getting a stranglehold. There was one bit where I was saying to Rich, who I sit next to, um, it was like, you know what, I think Northampton are you know, starting to get a little bit better. And then they started making mistakes themselves. And it was just going that way it felt and then we scored the goal and it sort of changed everything but i'm sure other things happened can you remember oh of course i can you know me well um yeah but but the the only two chances worth talking about ahead of the goal um so hutton from the right nice cutback for williams just found williams 10 yards out and just couldn't quite get his feet right bit of a miss hit to absolutely nowhere um and probably for a player of his quality, could and should have, have done a bit better there, which was about 50 minutes on the clock. Um, very, very good chance for, for Pinnock, um, fed by a Hilton dummy, very clever little step over dummy, which put the ball into Pinnock's path and from 10 or 12 yards, leant back and, and fired over. And that, that certainly at the time felt like a, a let off. Um, and yeah, up to this point, I mean, he'd been involved, but it didn't look like he had much of a an eye for goal, Pinnock. Sadly, that would change later on. Um, then followed, uh, you know, quite a cynical foul from Louis Reed um, diving in um, on the Don Rogers side, which sort of stopped a, a Northampton attack, rightly booked. Um, and then about a minute later, Williams was fouled uh Don Rogers, town inside, um, and I think Reedy was leading the the protest for the Northampton player to be booked. I, I don't think it warranted a, a booking, but I think the the back chat at that point, which did linger on for another ten or fifteen seconds, that was probably the the moment where the referee and the fourth official conspired to get Reedy uh, substituted. Um, and so, yeah, shortly after, off went Reedy, on came. Iandolo, um, which, I mean, this isn't hindsight talking. I think Iandolo at the base of midfield, I think we made this exact same sub at home to Exeter in February when we were had just gone 1-0 up through Louis Tomlinson. I think Leiden went off injured. That's where his Achilles went ping. Uh, Achilles went ping. Um, and yeah, Iandolo wasn't stellar in that base of midfield role that day. And... I'm sad to report, we we did seem to get worse as a team, despite the fact we're about to go 1-0 up <laughs> a minute after Andalo comes on. But that, that that sub didn't help us. It it stopped us progressing the ball through the middle of the pitch so well. And one thing I've noticed with Andalo, when he plays centrally, he is very, very left-footed, like painfully so. And it does close himself off to sort of open in the other side of the pitch up quite often. I, that might just be a me observation. I'd be interested what other people think. But, you know, it almost always he looks back out to the left touchline, whereas Reed, you know, by nature being a very good player, uses his body well, opens his body up and, you know, does look to do slightly more passes to the right side of the pitch. We should discuss Reed. He's... 
you know, the game's, he's, he's not having a terrible game, things are going all right, and he gets himself substituted instead of sent off. I mean, that's not cool, is it? Well, depends your view, really. Him having a whinge to the ref, there's nothing different from what he did all last season. He's like our little no. yappy dog, and he's just nipping at the referee's heels, trying to run the game through the referee. You know, that isn't unusual. There's been plenty of players like that. I mean, look at Leighton Orient. Who's their very experienced centre midfielder? Prattley, isn't it? A couple of times I've seen him um, in the last couple of years. Like, he might as well just be stood next to the ref the whole match, talking him through the match. So, um, I guess it depends on the referee you get um, as to what dim view they take on it. But surely, if you're Lindsay, and this is where I'm going to come down on it, if you're Lindsay and you've got a captain on the pitch in McDonald, you just nip that and the bud and you trust Reedy to not step over that line. Because Reed is such an important player. If he's not injured, he shouldn't be coming off. And while if Reed does get himself sent off, well, that's on Reedy as a senior player in quite a young squad. He, he should know where that, that line is. The only time he crossed it was actually when he didn't even get on the pitch, wasn't it? Um, home to Crawley, was it, last year? Yeah, that's right. Well, yeah, we just equalised in the last minute and he got sent off after the yeah, final which... whistle, didn't he? Yeah. Was it Gladwin? I think it was. Gladwin. Yeah, I think you've got to trust Reedy to be an adult. Leave him on the pitch. Because that sub did make us a bit worse. And that, you know, did bring Northampton into the game a little bit more. But let, yeah, let's talk about the happy stuff. Let's talk about yeah, the goal. Yeah, because the goal itself, yeah. it, it for me, the Wakeling Maisie run served as a sort of, um, it showed us that Northampton could, you know, part the seas, so to mm-hmm. speak. Because um, Wakeling, although he did brilliantly to do that Maisie run, they were just allowing him through. And this, this, move which was brilliant followed by a great finish was just it was so simple yeah very very effective well I think this shows why at the very highest level Liverpool have a a throw-in coach because um yeah very simple in its nature um Blake Tracy straight to uh Wakelin's feet Williams had made the um the run in anticipation of a little dink from Wakelin and just like that one throw, one touch, and Williams is bearing down on goal. So sometimes football is such a simple game, in it, which we overcomplicate. <laughs> um, but yeah, super, super finish from Williams. I had a lovely angle from up in the gods in the Don Rogers. You see the way that Williams just used the blocking defender as a bit of a shield. Um, the keeper. I was on my way up. Yeah, it was him, wasn't it? And so, yeah, really, really lovely goal. Um, great celebrations. And actually... In the five or ten minutes that followed, maybe not ten, actually, because they scored on, what, 67. Um, but, yeah, the five minutes that followed, it was a real... It felt like, a, you know, Swindon had been buoyed by this. They were going and knocking on the door to make it two. I think we had a little flurry of corners, you know, crosses getting blocked out. So, like, the crowd was up. Swindon were playing well. And then the against-the-runner play. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get to it. There's one other point in the goal celebrations there's two points in the goal celebrations that we've missed here firstly always nice to see johnny tapping the old badge um, (laughs) when he's trotting back i fall for it every single time but also the hilarious and cynical challenge in the celebration to take out jacob wakeling oh i didn't see that if you if you watch it yeah he's going off to celebrate but obviously um a northampton defender is walking not watching and he takes out wakeling (laughs) an absolute treat and Frankly, he should go for it, but it's it's very very funny if you if you do you can see it in the clips that's out there. But yeah, I mean, I'm, what a week that'd have been. Uh, sign your new three year deal and then uh, 
get injured celebrating a goal. Oh, that would have been a could you imagine bad and way to one sign that's off. not even yours. <laughs> Let's talk about this this um, this equaliser because it, it it has had some debate. Now this is in right where I sit. This is go on, and it is the most needless free kick, or shall we say, the most needless effort to make the referee decide to do something. Now I think that the debate here is. Can the Northampton player chase the ball down? And no. I think my argument, and well, I think my argument is he he has the right to at least try. <laughs> and Blake Tracy doesn't need to do that. I don't even think it's an honest shoulder barge because he walks, he goes towards him and and takes him out. And it's such a stupid thing to do. There's no need for it. Northampton, a set piece specialist team. The booking, I'm not quite sure if it is, because like I said, yeah, it's, it's probably going out. But there's no need for it. Yeah, well, we agree on one thing, Rich. There was no need for it. I think, having watched it again, Clayton is in absolute control of that situation. The ball is going to skip out. Even if the Northampton player made a game effort to get near Clayton, Clayton's shielding that out for goal kick. So I think eight times out of ten, nine times out of ten, referees just say, everyone, get up, like... The ball isn't even live. Blake Tracy, don't do that again, son. What? Yeah, you're right. Like, just don't give the ref the option when it is going out of play. FBT. Um, and so anyway, foul given. Very bizarre yellow card. Yeah, I mean, I he's not stopping a Northampton player getting him no, around the back, is he? Or, it's just weird. I don't know if Blake Tracy had upset the ref. Um Sent a little message to the uh, to the dugouts through the fourth official, but um, he's potentially man of the match at this stage as well. So. Yeah, he, he, those forward thrusts up the left um, and getting involved in the play with uh, some of the other sort of left midfielders and left forwards is um, good signs for the rest of the season. But yeah, as soon as that free kick was given, and knowing they had Pennock on on free kicks and the wind, I had a bad feeling about it justified because the the delivery was magnificent the header expert um but i think lindsay diagnosed the defensive issues really well after the match which was you know we're at least three or four maybe five yards too deep there oh it was static as well i mean we've got two in the yeah. wall and seven and seven in the box and once it comes on in we're stood still and the northampton player is actually on the move which Allows him to get in. It's just, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. But it's a gift. Don't give the set piece specialist a set piece through something daft. At least let it be a, a proper foul, Fraser. <laughs> Whose fault is that for going to? Is that the captains? Is it the goalkeepers? Well, well who's, who's setting that up? We heard in the week at the uh, fans panel um, Wednesday night uh, from Lindsay's mouth. When it comes to set pieces, that's where Steve Milner comes alive. You know, he takes those sessions during training. He is the one barking out who marks who. He's the one, you know, if he's spotting that they're too deep, then he's the one that should be barking out the orders to to step up. But um, uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe it was a conscious decision to be stood where they were stood, but it was it looked pretty a pretty poor one. Um, but yeah, I mean, we shouldn't take away from the the excellency of the the cross. It's a lovely cross, um, yeah. And you see it, you know, when you watch the the football league show most weeks, 
he is the man swinging in the corners. He's the man swinging in the free kicks. He scores a few goals himself. So where did he come down from? Was it Kilmarnock or St. Johnston? One of them, a blue Scottish team. Yeah. Kilmarnock, yeah. Kilmarnock, yeah. So good bit of business on their part. That. Yeah, certainly is. And it, it, it was it was a good goal. And I think something that you've observed, and I think there's two games from last season that this is very similar to the way it played out, Yeah, was, well, the main one is Exeter City, but I'd also say the Salford game too. Um, last season yeah, where I wasn't at that one yeah this definitely the Exeter City game where we're playing a team that we know are good we get that advantage and then we concede a little bit shaky and we just let the opposition fancy themselves to get more than one point yeah bit, the only slight difference I would say today to that Exeter game was I think once Exeter got one it looked pretty ominous, like there was only one team getting there, the second. Whereas today, I wasn't sat there thinking, oh God, full time, full time, please. Like, um, you know, it wasn't necessarily coming, the winner. I think the game was on its way to a, a 1-1. And if, if someone managed to score, they were going to bag themselves a, a 2-1 win. But yeah, I mean, Swindon did wobble for a good five, ten minutes after the, the goal conceded. Um David Bowie uh, on the turn and shot, God, just wide. Yeah, I'm a music man now. Um, yeah, that was that was a good little snapshot on the turn. Um, shortly after that, Hutton misplaced a, a pass as Swindon were trying to knock it around the back. Um, luckily, I think Ayrdelo managed to tackle Hilton in the box just before he pulled the trigger. But it, yeah, it needed Swindon to to regather. And going the other way, we had a, a Blake Tracy cross uh, deflected in a sort of loopy way, almost into the back post, um, followed by Jeff Cott off, shade on. The word from Lindsay is that Jeff Cott felt a little bit something, so he's brought off as a as a precaution. But I, I can't think shade impacted the match while he was on. So no. an appropriate sub, really, given that him, him plus Jeff Cott might as well have uh, not been playing, frankly. Um, but yeah, a couple of half chances, a gladwing cross to Wakelin at the near post, which is snuffed out for a corner. Northampton, surprisingly, corner, flicked on at the near post, flashed right across the back post. Um, but yeah, it, I can't say it was particularly coming, but unfortunately... The goal was slightly self-inflicted again from a, a Swindon point of view with Andalo receiving the ball in the, the middle of the pitch. Um, I've seen some people passionately call in for a foul, but on Iandolo, yeah. not for me. No one's calling for it. No, no. Um, I think that's maybe a hopeful one when you're at home, you call for that. But I think, yeah, just the tackler got the right side of Iandolo, sort of stood his ground, Iandolo hit the deck and... Sadly, 10 seconds later, Fox crossed for, for Pinnock to arrive late at the back post, which, I mean, if that's Hutton's part of the pitch, he didn't track the on-rushing Pinnock. But then does the problem come from, you know, when we're in possession, as Iandolo was, you want your fullbacks to bomb on. And so if that's the moment you lose the ball, then it does become quite dangerous. But you'd still want your right back getting back in there, wouldn't you? Yeah, I, I can see why people want the foul on Iandolo because the ball's loose and he's 
if it's the other way around, you're furious if, yeah. if the referee blows The other up thing to say, there was a 50-50 challenge or two after Ireland yeah, lost Williams the ball. Involved in, yeah. And we didn't make them stick. If you make them stick, or at the very least foul someone, you nip that in the pud. Um, you still get that impression Williams is afraid to go in full on those sort of tackles, don't you? A little bit, but then he's playing as a wide forward. Um, he's got a World Cup to think about. I think we'll just about let him off. His contributions to the team this year have been very good. But yeah, I mean, if that's if that's Saidu Khan or Louis Reed for that matter, um, that tackle sticks and you nip that in the bud. Unfortunately, I mean, very good play from Fox and Pinnock arrived and, and caught it full on the volley. Lovely. So it's a great goal and just give you that impression. Oh God, they've scored too late. We've got no chance of coming back. But but on snuck Kieran Brennan before they did go two and up, and um, yeah, I mean Swindon did rally. They spent a good chunk of the added on time, you know, in Northampton's half attacking, and Iandolo corner Brennan unmarked. I don't know how he was so unmarked, but he, yeah. I, my impression at the time was he he's got to do a bit better with that. Um, a few big burly centre half, but he's not a forward. You know, we can't judge too harsh, I suppose. Oh, it's it's a free header. Oh. It's, oh, 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 and I thought it was I thought it was a like a save, but it's gone wide. I thought watching it live, I thought save because I was getting ready for the corner. Um so yeah, some curious referee in there potentially. But um yeah, that that was the moment. And I think that would have been a good point if we'd have snatched it there. Um and a huge moment for Brennan if that goes in too. Definitely. With I mean the the sad oh. the other sad thing to talk about is obviously Clayton, uh, like Jeff Cott, has felt a little something in his hammy by the sounds of it, um, has waved over to the the dugout, so he came off as a precaution. Which, um, yeah, let's hope that isn't too bad because, I mean, all right, he had a wobbly moment in the first half where he should have given away the penalty, but he's been generally excellent as a as a new recruit. Um, but yeah, the the one that's got me worried, and I've not heard much about this at all, is Angus McDonald. Yeah, he looked in a lot of went discomfort, up, didn't he? Went up in an aerial battle with with Hilton. You know, two lads who've been there, done it. Um, and yeah, looked like a heavy landing. Looked like a kind of like the one that I'd have you wince in whenever Charlie Austin went up for a header. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, all credit to him for carrying on. Um, let's just hope he's jarred it and not, you know, popped out and popped back in again and. Because that would be a real blow. Uh, I think he had a, a pretty good game. He he would be in my sort of honourable mentions. Um, used the ball well. Some excellent crossfield passing. Probably, yeah, definitely the best defender on show for Swindon today. So, um, yeah, that, that doesn't look good for Tuesday night. So, um, there is a berth available for Brennan. And it's notable that Baudry wasn't on the bench uh, this week. So, let's hope... Um, there's no injury qualms there, I hope, because uh, if McDonald is going to be out for a month, whatever, um, you know, you're going to need Borgie's experience, particularly as October is such a busy month. Oh, too busy. Too busy. Um, yeah, the reaction um, in these latter stages once we went behind was very flat, wasn't it? I mean, both when we conceded, it there was that sort of sudden impulse of people walking out, which, you know, that's their choice. <laughs> But there was, other than one boo I heard in the, in the Don Rogers, after the game, it was just very, 
stand up, walk out. There was no anger, no sort of... It was, it was very solemn, wasn't it? And I guess that's on the basis that we've just had a wonderful couple of months in the league. And these things happen, don't they? And as we'll listen in just a moment, that's the general vibe from listeners. There wasn't sort of a huge roar of encouragement. You know, there was a good 10 minutes because of injury time mm-hmm. between conceding and um, and full time. I, I guess it was just, it hit us. It was a sucker punch. It just fell very flat, didn't it? Yeah. Um, a little bit reminiscent of, who did we play? About this time last year, Port Vale at home. I think they scored about 88th, 89th minute. Yeah. Kind of winner, did they? Um, and yeah, just... I think later in the season, when that's slightly more do or die <laughs> kind of outlook, um, yeah, you might have had a lot more outpouring of emotion. But yeah, I think we're just going to have to take this one on the chin against what are definitely a promotion contender. Um, yeah. They seem to have attacked their playoff hangover in a different way to town. They've Looking at it, they've, they've kept the majority of the squad together. With a, and the manager, and they've made a few additions. Um, Swindon, against them as a benchmark, are at a different stage. The curve is going up. I, I still maintain, even with this defeat, the curve is going the right way with those three wins of late. Um, we still don't look a team full of goals. I would like to see us spank someone soon. That would make me happy. But um, I think we're going to be a side that wins... 1-0 and 2-1 quite a lot. I think we've played like that this season and won. I, I think yeah. we've put in performances very similar to that where we've just got the goal or, or two goals, 1-2-1, one, one, and we've played that way because we are just ever so slightly better than who we've been playing. And this time we've played, we put in a shift not too dissimilar from previous, but this time the opposition are just that little bit better. Yeah, if you, what are we now? Nine points behind Northampton. I would argue if you're still nine points behind Northampton in May, you're in the playoffs, I think. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this is, you know, given that they've won, what is it, five, six on the trot before this? Yeah, uh, that was their fifth, I think. Yeah, I think they're also hopeless in the Cups, like town. Um, but, yeah, no, take it on the chin. No need to overreact. I think the the Iandolo for Reed sub, you know, there might be a bit of learning there for for Lindsay. Um, you can understand why he did it and he explained why he did it, but it didn't necessarily match up with what I would have done in row T of the Don Rogers stand. What do I know? <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean, luckily we got the game Tuesday night. In an old way, I'm kind of more relaxed now that Newport beat Leighton Orient because I think had they have lost that, things were looking a bit dire for Newport and potentially a manager under pressure too, which in my mind anyway, would have made them absolutely desperate for oh, a win. Now Whereas... they're buzzing. They've got the winning feeling now, no, Dan. They've got, they've no, got a taste no, no, for it. No, they're taking their foot off the gas. From these two away games, they're thinking, we've already got three points at Orient. Now we'll relax and town will spank them 3-1. Yeah, ben Wills will have our backs on this, won't he? He'll be like, lads, don't worry about it. Yeah, you know, Just relax chill. on Tuesday. You've got your three points. We said three from two. That'll <laughs> do. Uh... <laughs> yeah, probably the, the thing to watch for us is obviously who's going to be taking the, the spots in defence. Um, I suppose there's a tiny question mark on Clayton. 
I would suggest quite a big question mark on McDonald. I think given Hut, uh, Hutton had, um, you know, not a shocker, but he didn't have a great game. I think Lavinier will will start right back on Tuesday night. Well, let's let's get the listeners' contributions, and we'll we'll come back to that. Here it comes. It's intercepted by Josh Grant. Gladwin tries to play a low pass into Simpson. That's one by Taylor, but poorly comes back to Simpson, who can shoot left foot in and open the scoring early on. What an elegant finish from Tyree Simpson! Here we go then with plenty of opinions given by listeners. Thank you very much to all that sent me their contributions. We start with Luke, who says, probably about what we deserved with one shot on target. A worse ref, it would have been 3-1. It's a measure of where we are at the moment. Not quite good enough for top seven, but on our day should have got a point against an excellent side. Could be worse. On to Tuesday. Rob Dinsey says, Northampton looked a good side. Think they'll be right up there. Disappointing, but not devastating. If changes were with one eye on Tuesday, I understand them. But they didn't really pay off. Williams or Wakeley man of the match? We'll go for Jakey. Martin Crook says, it is what it is. Some weeks are like that. Could and maybe should have won. A draw would be fair. A loss doesn't mean dross. No crisis, and we go again. Paul D says, neither side amazing, but you can see why Northampton are up there. Efficient, I think would describe them best. Two mistakes cost us. Draw would have been a fair result. Good to see we can compete with teams at the top. Annoying not to get something. Ho-hum, on to Tuesday. Sarah V says, not awful, but not many chances. Felt a draw would have been fair. I'm not worried. Hashtag happy clapper and proud. I prefer this 3am malarkey to 2am, although it'll be 4am in a few weeks. One of the match, Hutton. Bring on Tuesday. Jilly says, wasn't the best performance, wasn't the worst apart from one mistake. I thought Blake Tracy was excellent, but man of the match for me was Hutton. Great on the run and crosses into the box. The others need to make sure that they're there to pick up his passes. James says, disappointed because we deserved at least a point out of that, if not all three. Tough to pick a man in the match, though Williams takes it for that lovely finish. Ben Nichols says, groundhog day for Northampton. Every week they sneak a shocking game. Shocking to watch, but you need to give them credit. Williams, man of the match. Craig says, not a great game and a poor result, but not a disaster. Outcome hinged on mistakes. Our style of play usually struggles against well-drilled physical teams like Northampton. We really needed a physical striker putting himself about the major weakness of our squad. Paul Temple says, bit like playing against a bulldozer. They have the physicality to go up. We haven't at the moment. Need to improve on the defending positions. Also second ball. Man of the match. Johnny gets it just from Jakey. Both put in shifts, but goal and finish wins over assist. Sam Mendoza says, better team for most of the game. Didn't make enough of kicking downwind first half. Very lucky with the penalty decision in the first half. Craig Clark, two good sides cancelling each other out. We're every bit as good as Northampton on today's viewing and should be a positive going into Tuesday. Man of the match, Wakeling. Paul Merriman says, having given it some thought, two mistakes, two goals. Lots of endeavour. Possible pen shout for Northampton when McDonald challenged early on. Ref, interesting. At least he tried to let the game flow. Just disappointed, really. Man of the match, probably Williams. Michelle says, funny old game. 
Northampton weren't brilliant, but they got their tactics down to a fine art. Jakey Wakey was man of the match and thought Williams showed he was a class above at times. Felt we deserved a point. Michael Swindon deserved a draw from that. Northampton looked the strongest team we have played this season and we went toe-to-toe with them, so that's positive. They will be in the top three. Missing creativity, pace and killer finishing from McCurdy. Would like to see Morgan Roberts given a chance. Jimmy Legg says, Decent first half deserved a point at the very least. Ref was a coin flip. Wildly inconsistent decisions. Their first goal came from a non-foul. Very strange. We didn't kill the game off and paid the price. Northampton, a good physical team. But F, watching that every week. Blake, Tracy, man of the match, reliable in the air, made some good progress down the left. AD Mail says, dull game, really. Biggest takeaway was their kit would make anyone feel sick. It's hideous. We didn't do anywhere near enough to win the game today. Lots of sloppiness. Reed and Jeffcott, well out the game. Man of the match, Clayton, but all average rather than stars. Scott Munro, a draw was probably the fair result. Felt we lost the balance and momentum when Reed went off. It is what it is. Was fortunate not to give away a penalty in the first half. Felt Northampton winner came from a foul on Ennis. FBT was man of the match for me. Duncan Fjortoft says, It felt like the first leg of a playoff game. Two very good sides working each other out. Draw would have been fair, but both sides had chances to win it. They just took theirs. Lots of man of the match candidates, but I go for Darcy. Bitter Gillespie says, Phil, with Reed, we go back to the usual slow, deep build-up with no shots. Reed goes off, it begins to change. Steve Armand says, a little bit unlucky in my opinion. Wind didn't help, but cobblers were well set up. I think a draw was a fairer result. But football ain't fair. Man of the match, Clayton. Robert Hammond says, shot ourselves in the foot. Draw would have been a fair result. Man of the match, difficult, but Williams for the goal. Whereas Kevin G. Rose says, dreadful game. Two poor teams looking at that today. No entertainment. Up to giving away a pointless free kick. Blake Tracy was probably man of the match. Kyle Wakefield says, still not a fan of playing out of the back. Just feel safer going long and trying to win the second ball. Overall, happy with the work the boys put in. Just not particularly strong enough at the back. Nick says, Dark Hearts by Northampton went down to break the play up and the ref let them get away with it. We seem scared to shoot. They are good at what they do. We move on. Georgia says, Thought we played pretty well throughout, so not to come away with at least a point is rather disappointing. Really should have kicked on after Johnny's goal, but we let them back in and they killed the game well. Wakeling played well, but man of the match goes to Williams for that super finish. It's Alex Vlogs next. He says, I rate FBT and think we should sign him, but he's had a real stinker today and he's cost us both goals. Man of the match, Wakeling. If the rest of them had his tenacity, we'd have won. Awardies says, not an awful performance today, but have to admit the substitutes threw us a bit. Northampton were what I expected. Man of the match, Williams. John Saunders simply says Northampton, good at killing a game. And Terry King says, deserved at least a point. Not sure how Gladwin got man of the match. Probably the worst he's played this season. Onwards to Newport on Tuesday. Bernie Mann says, first half was decent without threatening. Second half, we looked disjointed. Jeff got isolated and ragged in defence. Not a disaster, but based on what I saw, a draw at minimum 
should have been expected. Some weird subs today. The lack of a different approach when needed is evident. Man of the match, Wakeling. Ross Haynes says, Williams work rate through the roof. Substitutions brought some zip, lacked confidence to go for it when in strong positions in the second half. Inconsistent refereeing. Nick says, Blake Tracy, awful. Self-inflicted errors. Thought the town did well first half, but second half, Wakeling anonymous. Williams, man of the match. STFC slash 1969 says, perfect example of how you throw away a game of football. Some awful mistakes from FBT and Ellis against a Route 1 team. Glad we move on quickly to Tuesday night. Andy Gibson says, I think a draw would have been a fair result. I know Reed was on a yellow, but felt it was a mistake to take him off. We lost a bit of control after that, in my opinion. Man of the match, McDonald. Tom Carter called that a Ben Garner performance. Callum Hancock says, Clayton, man of the match, thought he was brilliant. And Jamie simply gives McDonald man of the match. Paul says, after their first goal, we got nervous and the crowd got nervous and started moaning again. Man of the match, Williams. Jason says, Northampton looked a decent side and will be up there come what may. Big physical side who have scored lots of goals this season. We went toe-to-toe with them today and thought we deserved at least a point from the game. Certainly gives us confidence that this team can play against the best of them. Adair says, Northampton pony. How did we lose that? Tom Elliott says, disappointing result. Brennan should have scored at the end to earn a deserved draw. Northampton was solid but uninspiring. Game needed Khan to add strength. To midfield, Glenn Waite says, threw that game away, giving away stupid fouls and causing our own problems. Wakeling was kept out of the game in the second half. Missed Reed as soon as he was subbed. Swindon Rich says, stupid free kick to give away by FBT. Otherwise, we probably win. Mitchell Singh says, thought we were in complete control until we scored. As soon as they scored, our captain was panicking and making stupid decisions non-stop. He is supposed to be the calm head. Glad win for man of the match? I don't think so. Wowza. Looked like his last season version at times. Man of the match, Johnny Williams. Stuart Winton says, absolute. And finally, Warranty Man, who says, fine margins, stupid and totally unnecessary free kick to give away for the first. Ellis loses possession in his own half and didn't stop the cross and defend at the back post. Horrible side to watch and play against, I'm sure. So Hutton didn't have a good game, but there's a couple of man of the match nods there. Dan, explain yourself. Uh, Okay. Well, we all see things differently. There you go. Is that right? (laughs) There you go. (laughs) He was in a lot of forward positions to cross. It's just that the quality of his crossing, which I've been very complimentary about previously, wasn't there um, on Saturday against Northampton. And I think, you know, Pinnock sneaking in at the back post on his side, that errant pass, which nearly let Hilton in. Yeah, I mean, he was a 5 out of 10 for me. But everyone sees it differently, don't they? Absolutely do. Well, in terms of man of the match, we had a couple of... Well, we had a nomination for Ronan Darcy. We had a couple of nods for McDonald and Hutton. We had a few for Clayton and Blake Tracy. But it was a two-horse race, really, in terms of the man of the match between Wakeling, which seems to be the case every week. But it was won by Johnny Williams. And because he tapped the badge, I'm happy to go with that. (laughs) But do you disagree, Dan? No, I I think difficult day to pick a man of the match. I think even Williams as man of the match is probably only sneaking a 6.5 out of 10 in the advert. Um, Wakelin, I agree on the honourable mention. Um, 
he's just so lovable, showed so much endeavour and nearly scored an excellent solo goal in the first half. Did give Koike problems in the first. Um, yeah, the, the other one, as, as I've already said, I think McDonald was um, head and shoulders above uh, the other defenders on the day. Um, we've, we've not even mentioned Ronan Darcy once on the pod today. He was, again, just tootling along as a little 6 out of 10. Gladders, not a good day, as we've said. Reedy, oh, what's he sneaking? A 6 out of 10 before he's subbed off. But no, I, I'm happy with Williams. It was, it was an excellent, excellent goal. He's been very good this year. So he's probably on the strength of his other performances um, and missing out on some other Man of the Match uh, awards. I think Williams is a worthy recipient. And he tapped the badge. Well, yeah, for swimming through and through, isn't he? <laughs> the Kent-born Welshman. I mean, once he's got a World Cup under his belt, yes. has Swindon served its purpose to Johnny Williams? You should. As a place to keep him fit, play regularly? I hope not, but he's not going to get another tournament in, let's face it. So it probably opens up the possibility he is here forever because he, he loves how you know he plays and we keep him fit. Or would that be the time to jump? Cynical Dan on the pod. Cynical Dan. I love him. I hope he stays. But I think we were a vehicle to get into the World Cup. Definitely. We better play one. (laughs) (laughs) One game is all we ask. That was his 50th league appearance for the Swindon. Oh, I mean, in terms of his career happiness, he's probably not played as often or as many minutes regularly as he has done at Swindon for years so I think I heard a, a Sean Hodgett stat on the radio before the game I think he's played what he played for us last year was 25% of his entire career's minutes which tells you he's had injury problems in terms of the league he's only got to play 10 more games to equal his best league um, tally with a club his whole career which is 60 with Chelsea. Wow. Um, so, and he did that over three seasons, and he, he's looking hopefully to do that over two with Swindon. And goals wise, wow, he's, he's, not... yeah, he's popping up five league goals in his whole career before he came to Swindon. He's got eight with us. So, this is a level where he was expected to excel, and you know, he might have not done that to the fullest in this first season, but he is very important this season for Swindon. Yeah, I think that's I think, clear. I think the difference between last year and this is twofold. One, I think he's much fitter. I think the full pre-season has definitely helped. Uh, And like Gladwin, you're now seeing the fruits of someone who's got confidence in their own body. And B, I think he has been a lot more consistent this year. So I think last year, you know, for every peak, there was a bit of a trough, you know, some games where he was very innocuous. But this year, I think he's added the consistency to his game, um, and we're starting to see see a few goals too. Which you know, for a player of his quality, you stick him in front of goal. You know the way he took the goal against um, Sutton, and the way he took the goal uh, on Saturday against Northampton showed a lot of composure. And you know, you just got a bit of ice in the veins in that in that crucial moment where you got to stick it in the net. So yeah, let, let me. What's a good season for Williams, Rich? Ten goals? Oh, well, that's in, in, compared to his career, it's, it's an insane season. It's fitness, and I think he will always get a contract somewhere if he wants it. So, oh, I hope it's here. Just to be clear, yeah, um, no, no, no. But what I mean is, like, I think even if 
I think he needs to be our man to lead us forward, not in a captaincy, captaincy way, in a you know, just be a senior pro and and do what Gladwin's been doing for the last few weeks. And yeah. well, he did he captain at Walsall. Don't forget, he did in a yeah, lovely white kit. Oh yes, yeah. oh yes. Well, I think I think that will do. I mean, it's going to be an interesting presser on Monday yes. because there's a lot of questions and you know the fitness side of things. There's no point really asking well how we would set up and what we would do because there are a few question marks on a few players. So I think we'll leave it at that, Dan, unless there was anything else you wanted to add. Two things very quick. I, I feel like on reflection, I've, I've maybe been a bit hard on Ellis Anderley today. I do like Ellis and he's not fully fit yet, but um, I like Ellis probably like others. I like Ellis a lot more in that sort of left central midfield position, a bit higher at the pitch where Darcy's playing at the moment. Um, So, you know, the thing I didn't like was, you know, trying to play the read role, which is very difficult. And two, just thinking about Williams going to the World Cup actually has just triggered a thought. Because um, he's going to be away for, what, three weeks, even if Wales get knocked out in the groups, which they will. Um, sorry, JS. Sorry, James. Um, we could really do with rushing Hepburn Murphy being fit, can we? Well, he's away for that. And he's obviously now out for eight to ten weeks, which... You know, unfortunately, he's probably not going to be fit enough to to replace those those numbers up top with Williams gone. So, yeah, I think we could do with getting Adeloye fit soon, even if he hasn't shown a lot yet. I think we need to try and squeeze a bit out of him, um, and hope no other forwards get injured because without Hepburn Murphy and Williams away, that's going to be probably the lightest area of the pitch. Well, this is a wonderfully bleak way to end a, a, a loss, a, a podcast on a loss where the general mood was, it's okay. Oh, it is okay. It's, not, it's okay, guys. It's, it's going to be I'm just all thinking right. longer term. <laughs> Eyes on the prize. Dan, thank you very much. Thank you, everyone. <laughs> The Low Strangers is an independent supporters podcast. Views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club or their official partners. The music is provided by the great Matthew Kilford and the podcast artwork was designed by Matt in Singapore. What a guy. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. Has a bubble. Hi, Ellis Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs, like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant, like Darren Ward. Or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Oh. 
Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.